Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We're back in the studio doing it once again. So Vince, give him a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 studios. That's right. We're back here doing it once again. And as usual, before we get started, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Chris. Chris, there you go, man. Yep. Now it has uh, official... Content. Content. Yeah, Chris is the only one who stepped up to sponsor it. That's so right. So... We're going to do our traditional shot to you guys. There you go. Peace. Thank Peace. you for listening. <sighs> oh, man. That'll put hair on your oh, chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, if we could just get someone to sponsor us when that bottle runs out. <laughs> you got a, a couple more episodes, so think about <laughs> it. Think about it. Depending on how big the shots are, you may have two or three more episodes. Oh, you might have till tomorrow. That's right, <laughs> depending on how I feel. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get back on the subject of Sasquatch tonight because we love that topic. We enjoy that topic. And that's the topic that started all this. Right. That's that's exactly right. right. Uh, we were, after I had my experience, we're heading back up there doing our own we just started doing research. Right. We, we're basically starting from scratch. We're starting uh, our field research, our, uh, our um, online ins research, watching documentaries. Right. We basically learned as we, as we went. We, we really did. Um, now, you know, the one thing we didn't do, and it, it's, it's because of not COVID, but we've just been busy with work work yeah. the holidays but we usually try and get up there when it snows to see if we find prints right and and we have had a couple of good snowfalls since we have driving back uh i went out of town i came back today and the mountains the, the mountaintops still have snow right and i was thinking about that today i said you know we're gonna do our, our podcast today and i said ah oh, the one thing we haven't done is run up there and check the snow for prints um now some areas they lock up, and but still, you could, we look for prints on the side of the road and wherever we could get access to. And uh, there, are, we've we've been lucky a couple of times, uh, like when they opened up and there was snow, and we took my dog. Right, right. Yeah, there were some good prints, and um, right. but on the subject of Sasquatch. Now, uh, just a real quick thought: they have it locked up for vehicles now. What if we park there and hike back? There? I, I think it'd be perfectly fine. I just wouldn't want a squatch chasing well, me. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, as long as we don't have to make a quick exit, right, we'll be all right. Right, we'll be all right. Uh, look at this. There's nothing quick about us. Nothing. Except our wit. That's right. Nothing. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, we, we did touch on the topic a little bit uh, about the different sizes of squatches in different areas. 
And I just want to touch base on it real brief. I mean, we did talk about it, and it's been a while. But um, I was recently reading a post that was uh, done by one of the people that follow our podcast, and he posted on on Facebook. And it was interesting because he said he's heard of research where in, like, the Pacific Northwest, the footprints as well as the sightings, the size of when they see a Sasquatch is, is roughly 8 foot, and the prints are between 14 and 15 and a half inches. And based on his research and what he's learned, and he, he wants anyone to reach out if they have any, like, hard, solid evidence or they're researching this topic themselves. But further, as you get closer to Canada, they get bigger in size and the prints get bigger. And once you reach Canada and close to Alaska, they just get huge. Right. Now, I, I want to go back to that uh, <clears throat> Todd Standing documentary. Right. The the one that he showed, remember with the back to him? Yes. That thing was huge. It was humongous. How, how tall would you say that one I was? would say at least 10 feet, at least. Because he's over six foot, and when he stood... He at, had to kind of jump and... Right, to get just, to the to, shoulder. just to sh- touch the shoulders, so... And and did you... The width of those shoulders, man, that that is a right. small little freight train walking through the forest. Now, I, I want to um, throw this <laughs> out there. I watch a lot of documentaries, and... The one thing people do not do, the you know, the people who catch these sightings, right. is go back and take a picture of themselves or somebody else for uh, comparison, perspective, right? right? And uh, that that's very important as far as determining the size. It is. That's why a lot of these videos, <clears throat> it's so hard. You know, a lot of these guys that are good, they could take like the size of a tree, and you know, they basically know the size of a, a full-grown pine tree or whatever. Right. But still, that's not exact. It'd be better if you'd go back and do a comparison photo. Right. Even if you stand in that same spot where you took uh, the footage and you say, well, here I am. I'm 5'8", 5'9", whatever. And then they compare it to the photo. That gives you a good comparison. Right. And that'll. I think that would debunk a lot of them, too. I, I think it would. Yeah. But... But you know, it was it was interesting, and I, I like we talked off air. We have touched on this subject, but it makes me think that you know, and and our philosophy was you know the gravitational pull, you know, some places and whatnot. We had our our own theory that we went through, but it, it is interesting to see you know that there are different sizes squatches out there, and they're they're roaming wherever. Now that that makes me question do these squatches that are that big do they roam or do they stay like in certain areas to grow to that height and you know that's the thing and i would imagine that they have a a territory but i'd imagine it's a pretty big territory i i would think so too but what about some of these east coast sightings uh like and i don't mean like east coast new york i i mean up in like Michigan and Kentucky and these these you know these areas where people have seen them and and they've seen some pretty big ones right but I want to say those are like eight nine feet yeah you're, you're you could be right but I know uh, that the biggest ones are like in British Columbia up near Alaska right just and and we used the Todd standing one for example that that monster was big right and and like 
we talked about earlier, it might have something to do with the the gravitational pull. That's why people are certain heights in different locations. Right. Or uh, also we we talked about the shark in a, a tank theory. Right. You know, it grows to its environment. Right. It, it, it can't get too big because the environment doesn't allow right. it. And, and that's why I was thinking that these big ones in Alaska, they have a big territory. So. Well, they, you know, not only that, let's think about... Uh, their their diet, right? You know they have more protein, more available protein. All the salmon, all the the deer. Uh, there's just so many more factors that could play into the size of these beasts. Now we know that. Let, let's say, for instance, here we know that the ones where we live here in New Mexico, it's high desert. There's plenty of berries. There's plenty of wildlife, but. What would stop these ones from getting as big as, let's say, one in Alaska? Well, one is <clears throat> they don't have a bigger territory. And that's true. Well, they, they are but limited. But then again, they, it, who, 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 I don't know because these mountains connect all the way up to the Rocky Mountains. So they do, and and see, and this is this, that's why I, I I'm conflicted by why are the ones up there so big. And the ones down here, eight, nine feet tall. It, it could be a combination of everything. It could be a combination of the uh, diet also because, yeah, we have lots of game and stuff, but up in uh, Alaska, the wilderness is pretty much untouched. So it, there, there's a whole lot of protein sources up there. There, there is, but I, I still, you know, I just have questions because I'm like, why couldn't a squatch living in the Hamas grow to 12 feet? But the ones in Alaska, like you said, uh, certain times of year, they probably have all the salmon they could eat. They have caribou. Now, I don't know that a, a Sasquatch could take down a moose, but probably a juvenile or... Probably. But uh, they have probably protein throughout the year. We're here... They have it certain months, and the the game may move a little bit, and because of uh, humans, they don't go closer to those territories. So that's when they gorge on berries and nuts and stuff like right. that. Right, and, and of course, berries and nuts are going to keep you lean and right. And just just for example, look at the size <coughs> of our bears compared to the bears in Alaska. Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah, and um, look at the, look at the. <laughs> The size of our cousins here compared to the ones in Alaska. Right. No, I, inside <laughs> joke. No, no, but I mean, that was a good question they do brought up, and it made me start thinking why. But, you know, as I was thinking, it brought me back to what the natives, like up in the Washington area, up in the Pacific Northwest, even in Alaska, how some of those natives said that the bigger ones are the mountain dwellers. Um, and that's why they're so big. And the lowland ones are the ones that we see that are eight, nine foot tall. Right. And when when we talked about that, I I had never heard that before. Right. And it, I don't know. Uh, maybe the ones in Colorado are bigger. I don't know. I don't. You know. I I don't know because for Colorado having the Rocky Mountains, I sure don't hear about a lot of sightings up there. Um. Un unless there's a the a couple of um. I guess groups like, uh, what is it called, Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization? Right. And they're the ones who posted, remember that one in the, in the rearview camera? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, the one yeah. The one chasing the car. Yeah. And, okay, so there's one, but I mean. They, they have quite a few, actually, if you follow them. Okay, see, and, and I don't. Maybe I should. But I, I go online and I look at the the map of sightings. And, yeah, the Pacific Northwest is a hot spot. Right. And uh, it, it's weird because I've known a lot of people around here who have sightings. But if you look at the New Mexico map, there's like almost none. Right. Oh, I know. Be- because I think a lot of it goes <laughs> unreported. I think I think you're right there. Um, I think a lot of sightings just go unreported because people just don't want to be criticized. They don't want they don't want to be called crazy. Yep. And yep. And I've been called all of the above. Right. And now, anymore, I don't care. Now I got a question for you. According to this theory, the further north you go, the bigger they are. Now we've talked about the big thicket with how aggressive they are. Now, I've I've never really heard anyone say how big they are down there. I I have heard people talk about them down there, and they're like nine feet tall. Okay, so like like nine feet tall. But the the what they say makes them different than some of these other uh, sightings in different locations. As for, and I don't I don't know why they are aggressive down there. They're like get out. Maybe this. it's it's just like these uh, little guys that uh. It's called little man syndrome. They right. got a chip on the shoulder, something to prove. Well, maybe. And, and then there again, we did talk about that. And we said maybe it's because, you know, if you go, there's a lot of open land down there, but maybe they're building where they've set up their territory and what they claim is theirs. Maybe we're just building too much into it, expanding, uh, building homes, or, shopping centers. Or not only that, they kind of have to be aggressive because if you take that, take a look at it, there's, a lot of hunters in Texas, especially with the feral pigs. A lot of hunters, yep. And, and and that could be right. You know, they maybe they are aggressive just because everyone in Texas carries a gun and people ain't afraid to shoot at things oh, down there. Right. Uh, yeah, so, well, I, I don't know. That's just theories. Though. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything we're talking about is theory because we truly don't know. Right. Uh, I mean... And that's and, what we've always talked about these... People who go speak at seminars and stuff about Bigfoot. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be the experts, but it's all theory. Yeah, I mean, they say uh, introducing so-and-so uh, expert on Bigfoot, I'm like, well, what makes you the expert? Right. I mean, how, how, have you sat down and had discussions with them? Right. Have you had and, counseling sessions? And I've probably had an encounter probably better than some of the so-called professionals and you probably have i mean does it make them an expert because they've read every sasquatch book or or what Uh, right it's just uh everyone has their theories and i don't know i i don't i don't think i think there's people that are more knowledgeable than others but i seriously don't think there's an expert in this no if there is i don't know now i've heard uh, stories about people living with them right but you know, you got to take those with a grain of salt. Right. Now, now, if, if someone truly has lived with them for a, a, a time, then you could say you're an expert. Okay. Now, I, I want to go back real quick. I sent you, I don't know if you watched it yet, the, the interview of Dr. Johnson when he had his... I did not. I still haven't watched it. Okay. It was a very convincing uh, <clears throat> interview how his he talked about his first encounter and he was very emotional when he talked about it. And then he talked about an, an encounter later on while they were in camp. And that's when he talks about the portals and the cloaking device because he's seen one and it started running toward him. Then it just disappeared like it went through a portal. But you could still see the, the footsteps 
it was, you know, pushing leaves aside as it was running. Right. And uh, it, it ran up to the camp, but it, was, it wasn't there. Huh. And uh, he said they kind of got harassed for a while. And he just, he said, enough. He said, stop. He's like, we have no weapons. We mean you no harm. And he said from that day forward, all their encounters have been very uh, peaceful. Peaceful. And that's why he said, uh, my first encounter, I got <laughs> really worked up. I got scared. And he said, there's no reason to because they won't hurt you. Yeah. But obviously, he hasn't done research in the big thicket. I, I was going to say, that's n- in, some, in some other areas, too, that's not the case. Because, you know, uh, let's, let's look at, and they don't point directly to Sasquatch, but some of the 411 missing cases. Especially in Alaska. Right. And so where did these people go? Right. Well, and in the big thicket, it's just crazy because they find clothes up in trees and right. And uh, one theory in Alaska, you've heard of the Alaskan Triangle, where I think about a hundred people go missing a year. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I no. don't know the exact number, but it's it's ridiculous. Well, now a lot of it is, you know, I know that the forest is very, um, it's very unforgiving. It'll reclaim a body quick. Quick. So if somebody gets turned around, could you imagine? People get lost in the Hamas Mountains, and we've been there. We're like, how does this happen? You just climb to a mountaintop, and you could see roads. Or I, I, I there again, I don't know. Uh, but here's here's one theory that I think because we always hear about people that had, and I've seen it on documentaries. I've seen it more than once on people giving their story on these woods are haunted when they've had a Sasquatch encounter, a close one. They said they'd been disorientated and they like they didn't know where they were in the forest and they lost their sense of time and their sense of direction. Okay. You know, I, I could kind of understand that because when I had my encounter, I think I've told you this before, The how, how long would you say it, it takes us from the main road to get to our, our spot? If, if we're just cruising it, maybe 20 minutes? Well, you kind of got to cruise it. Yeah, 20 minutes. Okay, now that night we abandoned our camp. I want to say it It seemed like it took like two minutes to get to the main road. Wow. And and yeah, that, that's not the first time I've heard of time, time loss and disorientation, uh, no sense of direction. I've heard it more than once on a lot of these encounters where people say, I saw it and I just lost my sense of direction. It was running all over. I didn't know, you know. So uh, is it that you get so frightened and they're running through the bush, scaring you that now you've lost your sense of direction? You don't right. know. Now, now, when my encounter first started, it, it did scare me. Every muscle in my body was shaking, but I didn't lose my composure probably because I had my kids. Right. That is what forced me to keep a level head. Right. And my son, maybe he really freaked out. That's why he didn't want to go back. Right. But I, I got everybody, and, man, they're ready to go in a heartbeat. But uh, getting back yeah. to the size, um, I, I just, I don't know. I 12 foot, could you imagine running into something 12 foot in Alaska? Um, but Well, I mean, they have Kodiak bears. That, right. You know. Well, they have some that are... Over six feet on all fours, you right. know, with the shoulders. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Once that bad boy stands up. Yep. Yeah. You're looking at a, a big boy now. Yep. Now, protein, 
There you go. They could gorge on salmon. They, and you know what? And that's good protein. And and it, it is true. Any any animal, without the proper nutrition and protein and vitamins, you're not going to grow tall. You're gonna you're gonna be stunted. Your growth will be stunted. Right. And that's just that's proven even with humans. Well, yeah, even with us. Uh, I mean, that's one thing our mom used. Uh, you got to eat everything on your plate. I didn't. Everything I put on there is good for you. Right. <laughs> well, she didn't tell us we had to eat two or three plates. <laughs> right. And uh, we had a cousin. Uh, his mom would tell him because he didn't like the crust on the bread. Right. If you eat the crust, you'll grow sideburns like Elvis. <laughs> But, what, did he? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, there you <laughs> More go. like uh, David Carradine. <laughs> no, no, but um, getting back to the Alaska and the size of things, um, in the Alaskan Triangle, there's a lot of people who go missing. And one of the theories is, uh, you know, a race of giants still alive there. Yeah, and, you know, and, we've and, talked but, about uh, that. But if you talk to the locals, they, they've seen the Bigfoot and they're big. So... There's Technically, that is a race of giants. And and uh, there again, we take it back to uh, the First Nation peoples that have been here. You know, some of the tribes say, no, there are forest brothers, but some of the tribes say, no, that they 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 kidnap, they steal, and, and they right. eat them. Right. They're, they're like, the, they're cannibals. They eat us. Right. Now, and, and we've heard those stories come from Navajos, the local tribe. Right. And uh, like you said, we're in the high desert. So it makes no, I, there's just so many things that I, and I know, you know, there, everything out there is theory. Um, for one, we don't have one in captivity Two, We're not like Jane Goodall. We're not living amongst a clan of them, studying them. Uh, so everything we learn, it's piecemeal, as I call it. We take your sighting and grab a nugget from that that sighting, grab a nugget from that. So we take all these thousands of sightings and we grab nuggets and we try and piece it together and make sense of how these creatures live, how they habitate, how they migrate, you know, even their breeding. How do they breed? Uh, is there one alpha male that breeds with all the females? And it, we, we just don't know. Right. Now, getting back to, you mentioned Jane Goodall. Now, do you think it's possible for someone to live amongst them? You know, if I, I think if if you were in the right place at the right time and you went back consistently, and let's say there was a tribe that was just sedentary and they they stood in that this one maybe twenty square mile radius, and you were there constantly. I mean, not just a month for years, like two three years, and. I, and they got comfortable with you. I think it's just the same thing with the apes. Kind of like once, yeah, once dances they, with wolves. Yeah, yeah, once they learn that you're not a threat, and if you watch them and you like mimic them and forge like them, they may say, "Oh, a little now, less hair, but we'll right, bring them in." Right now, I think to study them, you'd have to be left in like uh, if they have a a clan central, like where they keep the young. Because, like, to roam with the hunters and stuff, there's no way we could keep. No, them. no, because they're they're too they're too swift, too too muscular. No, you they you'd be dead in a, in a mile, and they'd be two miles ahead of you. Yep, they wouldn't even know. Yeah, because uh, from what people have said in their sightings, and people that have seen these creatures like take off and run, they're they're super athletic. Right. 
And yeah, and then they do the on all fours thing. Right. Yes. Uh, now, I've seen a lot of good episodes on These Woods Are Haunted, season three. Um, so anyone that has Discovery Plus, I would suggest you go check out some of these encounters and take them with a grain of salt, but listen to them because some of them are are really interesting, and I think a lot of them are factual and true. Right. Now that you brought up like streaming services, uh, I, I do a lot of research on YouTube. I'm not saying I believe everything, but I, I like to see a lot of the new footage, uh, a lot of the new sounds, and there's a couple of new videos that I haven't seen before, and I think we've pretty much seen everything there. Right. But, uh, I, I think there, I have. There's a... Uh, a couple of new sightings. They could go either way. I've seen a picture of one kind of in a field, but, I mean, everyone says we have technology. We have Everyone carries a camera. How come there's not more photos or video? Now, out there, even if there is a photo, it's just hard to get a good one, especially if you're shaking. Or, right. And then also uh, a new audio recording. I don't know if it's new or I don't even know where it came from. It was just... I stumbled across it. I sent it to you. Right. And and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upload it. Uh, I need to take it off my phone and, and then I'll put it on what we're talking in and then you, right. you'll you hear it. So I just got to, let me just put it in name and terms. I got to transfer the file. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we, we've put the Sierra sounds before and this audio clip is the closest I've it, that when I listened to this, I was like, wow. I said, we got to play this for our listeners and let you be the judge. Right, right. Now, the one thing about the, uh, what was it, Moorhead, was that his name? Yeah. He, he, uh, he had a lot of audio and stuff he put out there. He told his stories about how they would come and visit them, how they would lock themselves into that shelter. Right. How uh, he even talked about the orbs and stuff he's seen. Yeah, no, no. He, he gives a good... Uh, Inter- interview and a good account of everything that's he happened a to good him. Picture, he does, but I don't remember him ever seeing the size. No, he he never says the size. Although he did say they seen him a couple of times from a distance, um, and I think they never seen the size because a lot of the times they were locked up in the shelter. You know, I I I think it was out of uh, more out of fear than. Right. You know, and, and I don't blame them because <laughs> if if I was up in the Sierras miles and miles away from anybody and I had just my revolver and a limited amount of ammunition, I think I'd be scared too. Right. But uh, we've also talked about how uh, a lot of hunters claim they never seen them and we we talked about because they know what the boomstick The boomstick, boom yeah. But in, in the Sierra Sounds... His whole crew, they were up there hunting. So they had to have seen them with guns. Well, I, I think now now we're getting up in the Sierras. That's high, high territory. I think these ones were uh, so remote that they really didn't fear men. Right. And uh, Were the lower ones who see them all the time. Right. They, they probably didn't fear men, but they were curious. That's why they came up. But if you listen to the vocalizations... I also think that they're like, you know, hey, let's surround them just in case. Yeah. Because that's what it sounds like they were doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it sounds like they had, they definitely had a game plan because they were talking amongst each other. And you could tell who the alpha was because he was the one, the loudest and 
mumbling and rah, rah, rah. yeah it, uh, it's just crazy yeah, yeah i'm like that's one in control right now just real quick before we part i want to mention i forgot to tell you this i i i went and i had drinks with a, a lady the other day and she loves the mountains she loves going to the hamus mountains and I, I didn't even tell her my story. Well, she knows, you know, my background, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't even get on the subject. She's the one who told me, is, it's crazy up there. Every time I go up there, I see orbs. Wow. And I'm like, I told her, I told her what we've seen, but we've never seen orbs. No, I mean, we've seen, and I don't care who says, we've seen a ton of UFO activity. Uh, we always seem to have some kind of encounter freaky encounter that we can't explain right so i'm gonna try to get her the location where she likes to go and maybe we'll see some orbs and we can talk about that yeah that that would be interesting i'm i'm willing to give a different locations a try because we may hit gold yeah we're we're hitting pretty good where we go though it's it it as is as long as we don't have noisy neighbors yeah i know boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. no no and and that's true we we've had some pretty good luck there i mean we've been out there all alone and yet we've heard crazy things and we couldn't explain right where we we've tried another area because we've ditched the tents recently and got right. something uh, a little more comfortable for our old bodies. That's right. <laughs> but uh, the places we we went to, there are just too many people. There, There is. And when you get a high amount of people and high traffic like that, people running up and down the right. forest roads. But now I'm not saying they're not there. I'm just saying we didn't hear nothing. Well, because I told you about the girl that camps there, and she had an experience when they were doing a night hike. Well, and, and maybe the time that they were camping there, there was not a lot of people setting up camp. Maybe it was just a few people, and they were one of them. No, they go during the high camping when there's high volume. Uh, see, because she was telling me they have to go early to get their spot. Yeah, and it, it could have been because of the water source there that they were passing through. And, you know, we, we always see deer and elk and everything through there. And, and, and what made sense to me is where we camp, uh, we, we get a lot of activity earlier in the evening. Right. And uh, I think they make a loop. They go to the lake because at night, like, say, 3, 4 in the morning when we hear the screams, it kind of comes from that area. Yeah, it's, it's, they're from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I was thinking because there's another stream there. So yeah, it could a be a drink of water on the way it, home. It could be, and they they got fish. They're small fish. I'm sure they could bite sized little snacks. Oh, I'm sure that's a snack for them. But you know, it's grab two or three of them and be on your way. Right, right. That's a good protein source, and those are just like a goldfish. Just grab a handful and. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'll try to get that location so we could go. Uh, orbs would be something cool. That's. Something I've never seen in person before. No, get it so that we could go check it out. Anyway, that's what we wanted to bring to you tonight, and we hope you enjoy what we're sharing with you. And like we always say, if you got something, reach out. Reach out to us. I thought you were going to say reach out and touch them. Well, you could do that too if you want. Yeah. <laughs> AT&T, reach out and touch someone. Oh, that just gave our age away. Oh. And for those of you that are listening... We do talk about the email and the intro, the outro. Reach out to us. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, at the end, you have our email. Reach out to us. Yes. We want to hear from you. Hey, thanks for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.